Hello, and welcome to another HPNA podcast. This is Heather Coates, Director of Research for Hospice and Palliative Nursing Association. And today's podcast is titled, A Day in the Life of a Certified Hospice Aide. And joining me today as our special guest is Mary Kenny. Mary has dedicated her career to hospice and palliative care. She obtained her uh, certification as an aide in 2001 and has worked in the hospice and palliative care field for over 20 years. She currently works in private practice in Denver, Colorado. Mary, thanks for joining us today. Is there anything else you would like to tell us about yourself? Well, first of all, I would like to say it's an honor to be a part of this circle of friends and give this interview. I'm so happy to represent uh, the hospice team as a hospice aide. And I want to welcome all those hospice aides out there to just sit down and relax and enjoy the interview. Well, we are very happy to have you today as well. So our first kind of discussion question is, can you just tell us what it's like as a typical day for you as a hospice aide? Well, you know, um, actually there is no typical day for a hospice aide. And the foundation of being a hospice aide is what we bring to it within our discipline, the skills that we've mastered, and then our day, we just dive into whatever it is that's presented. So in order to greet our day, we bring with us the foundation of our passion of why we are hospice aides and what we're doing there to begin with. So I'd like to say that, first of all, hospice, the hospice philosophy is what we embody and, that, and that's what we embrace. So we jump in and honor the goals and the values of our patients. We protect and support the total person and their care and their families. We join in with the team and circle with the team and use all the different team's gifts in order to give the best care possible. That sounds fabulous and very in align with our advancing expert care for serious illness, which is one of our mottos here at the HPNA, our vision. So tell us, Mary, for you, why, why hospice aid for you and your work? Well, you know, many, many, many years ago, I had the opportunity to, when I was in college, uh, go to a lecture by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. And she is the founder movement of the hospice. She actually opened me to the dying process and looking at the dying process in a way that was so different than what our culture embraced. And then more importantly, my father, when my father was dying, that's when he gave me the gift of really wanting to be at bedside and make a difference in people's lives and really understand what the dying process is, that the dying process is, it's natural. Um, mm -hmm. It's a part of who we are. It's, you know, no one gets out of here alive. Um, it's, it, in, and in this culture, it's, very much um, in the closet. So there's a lot of fear around the dying process. There's a lot of confusion and a lot of concern and a lot of not wanting to go there. And so as a hospice aide and the experience that we have at bedside, each one of our patients 
gives us the gift of their process to know more about the mystery of death. Mm -hmm. So as hospice aides, uh, I chose to be a hospice aide because it is the most intimate of the care experience. And we go where no hands have gone before, actually. Mm -hmm. Think about that. We're asked to touch the most private, tender, intimate parts of the human body. And we do this with dignity and offer confidence to know that this too can be bearable. You know, we also witness our patients' courage and honor the trust that they offer us as they open to us and letting, letting go to help them. So the other part of this, just like all the other team members, you know, we, we basically assist the impossible to be possible. Yeah. We walk alongside our patients as they lose their abilities to walk, talk, eat, clean themselves. We support and encourage them with confidence to continue. And I, you know, I just don't know how many times you've heard, I can't do it. I never thought it would be like this. I don't think I can. And basically that companionship, daily companionship is what the hospice aid does. And we, you know, we have the honor of being witness to provide a safe, kind and loving atmosphere for each person's final and very mysterious breath. Yeah. And, and what's amazing is that in the day of a hospice aid and all the clinicians, um, each person is new. We've never done or been with that person or served that person before. And there's no one like each one of us in the whole wide world. So each time when we go in as clinicians, we're listening to what is present for that individual and how we can serve that individual at end of life. And then another part of that is in bringing confidence, we can normalize the dying process. Um, what comes up for me is that uh, if you've ever been, um, had an animal that, it, that is dying, there's this natural, very natural way that life ends. And it's, um, it, it's something that we all, are going to face sometime in our lives. Yeah, we sure will. Well, thanks for that. So you've been certified um, since 2001. Tell us about you know why you thought it was important for your certification, and then what it's meant for you since that time you've been certified. You know, in your current role working um, as a hospice aide. Well, you know, I didn't know about certification until um, the company that I was working for was, you know, talking about that opportunity. And it was a good 10 years into my practice that I actually decided to take the test and try for certification. And the company itself actually wanted to encourage everyone in their circle, in their office to become certified because they looked at it as a message to show how skilled and in touch with the art of the practice of being a clinician, either it's a nurse or a chaplain or even a clinical manager or a hospice aide. And for me, I, I didn't realize how much it made a difference in my life until I was taking a test. Uh -huh. And the test was challenging and it required thoughtful answers 
And I really felt that I was accomplished. And I felt like I could embrace myself deeper within my practice, knowing that I had this recognition and that I had stepped up to the plate in terms of my abilities. And, and I guess for me as a hospice aide, um, oftentimes hospice aides, they don't feel as of value in the circle of the clinicians. Um, and I really feel like certification empowers us. It really empowers us to um, demonstrate that. That's that's great. And we're so glad that you are certified. If you were have to, you know, talk to potential other hospice aides out there or palliative care aides, what would you tell them about going ahead and taking that step to becoming um, certified? I would tell them to go for it, that it will really deepen their relationship to themselves. And also it gives a certain outer acknowledgement to something that's present inside of them that is true. So going for it and having that on your badge, it is something to be proud of. And it really, it really brings certainty to the art of what we do, you know, that we do every day that we know. And um, I think that that's important. You know, I think that really helps, helps us to feel a part of the circle that has these specific gifts in this specific way. Yeah. Great. Well, and we thank you for your dedication to become certified as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You're welcome. In 2012 is when I became certified. And then a year out of that, uh, Sandy Schaefer, who was the, um, yes. was the director of hospice and palliative care nurses association for accreditation, I think. Is that correct? Yes. I'm not sure. The certification. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, she, she called me and invited me to be a part of the role delineation survey. You know, and I felt so honored to do that. And I did. And I was um, one of five aides that um, made this help develop the survey. And then we put the survey out to see who out there were aides that were certified. And at that point, there were 3,000 some aides that were certified. And I thought, wow, great. You know, and it was so wonderful to be with other aides talking about what we do and yeah. the challenges. And, um, you know, what we need to do in order to empower ourselves in um, the larger community to make a difference in people's lives. It sounds like it really created new avenues and opportunities that you didn't have before your certification. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And also, I'd like to say that I then subsequently became a part of the exam development committee. Mm -hmm. And the core curriculum for hospice and palliative nurses aides book that came out is fabulous for aides that want to prepare for that test and as being a part of of the committee is that we really wanted to ask questions that are relevant to that practice and also to make it as um, broad as possible in terms of the skill sets and then the other areas that we cover like ethics and team disciplines and being with the spiritual aspects of things. And the test really does cover everything around what we do and what we know. Great. Those are fabulous. And just for the readers out there, it's um, you can find it on the website, Core Curriculum for the Hospice and Palliative 
a nursing assistant, um, if you're interested in thinking about that for your role. So in that same vein, um, Mary, thinking about your certification and years of you working in the hospice field, what's, you know, fabulous ways that you feel like the hospice aid contributes to that interprofessional hospice team, which you've talked about a little, the social worker and the chaplain. What's mm -hmm. your favorite part about being on those teams? I think what's really wonderful is go is to have the opportunity to go to the uh, IDG meetings, the interdisciplinary team meetings, and mm -hmm. give our perspective and our endpoint and our point of view about families. And also as a part of that meeting, we learn a lot about all the other spokes of the wheel and, and how all of us come together to give the best care possible. So for example, I learned a lot about how medications are important at end of life and how especially pain management works so that subsequently when I go into a patient's home and I meet a family that's confused about the medications, I can give them confidence to really speak with the nurse and reassure them that it's all good, you know, that we do our best to really manage that pain and that the nurse is the one that can help them with that. And, and then I, we bring that back to the team meeting, you know, and inform the team of how that's going, what's new, what's challenging, what's not working. And the support is intrinsic for our jobs. That support of meeting together once a week and talking about our patients, it's not just about the patients, it's also about sharing empathetically the, the work that we do and the trauma actually that we meet every day in the lives of people and how to share with each other and be with each other and give each other good ideas on how to keep on keeping on and being at bedside and and encouraging us to do and, and give the best care that we can. It sounds like those interprofessional palliative care team members both do two things. One, obviously think about the patient or the person that and family that you're caring for, but also caring mm -hmm. for each other. What are Absolutely. some ways? What are some ways that you guys have done that as an interprofessional palliative care team? <laughs> well, you know, um, the first thing that we do is we review the deaths, and in the context of that, it brings present the actions and activities and the emotions and the feeling body and the sharing of how that death was and if there needs to be any support in there for the patient, but also for us. Uh -huh. And the chaplain, chaplain will also um, do a service and read a, read a poem, play some music, and just settle us into this moment, being present to this moment, and just relaxing into acknowledging what we do together as a team, you know, and how we help each other. So that's one thing that we do when we start IDG is it's that check-in, you know, we check in about who's died, but also how it was for us in that way. And sometimes we'll separate out into small groups where the aides will circle and sit and just let it all hang out and share about that day or that patient or what's up or what's present on our plate. Sounds like a really great supportive space to, to process all the things that happen when we are caring for patients and their families. Absolutely. At those very um, special, what I call very special times to them, but they can also be special times for us. Um, so kind of as we near the end of our podcast, 
are there other things that I haven't asked you about that you'd like to, you know, tell the membership, the HPNA membership? Yes. I think when in my journey and becoming sensitive to myself and being the best clinician that I could be at bedside, I um, took a course in end-of-life care practitioner program with the Meta Institute. And it was a nine-month course where we met residentially for a week in those nine months, covering different specific areas of what we do together as a team and within ourselves. And one thing that I came out of that was that at bedside, there was a one specific teacher named Rachel Remen, uh, who's a doctor that works at UCSF. Uh-huh. And she said, it's basically once you acquire your skills and you bring your skills in your backpack of tools, it's not what you know, but who you are that makes a difference at that site. And I have to say that that was key for me in terms of being and entering the room. And then another bit of wisdom I received throughout my years of practice was before you knock on that door, when you go in, Ask yourself, how can I love and how can I serve? Empty of everything else before you in the past and in the future and just become present to that moment of going in so that you can meet that person in whatever there is that's being asked for you. You can listen deeply to what the needs are. You can be um, of value. And a value for yourself. You're really nourishing yourself as you serve another person. And a part of that is not only having mastery, but bringing meaning to your work and also understanding that life as death is a mystery and really embracing the mystery of the unknown and and feeling some sort of sense of presence with that and how to cultivate presence at bedside. I think that's the best. It's very the best that you can do or we can do for each other. Well, those are some great parting words of wisdom. Thank you so much. And as a reminder um, to those listening today, this has been our special guest, Mary Kinney, a day in the life of a certified hospice aide. Thanks again, Mary, for being here with us today. Woohoo! Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. Mm-hmm.